0: The following is a brief chat I had with Terry on one of the many misguided notions out there surrounding why American soccer doesn't need promotion and relegation. Specifically, the argument goes something like this, Gary, the other team sports in the U.S. operate as a closed system without promotion and relegation, and they are the best in the world. Hence, the saying goes soccer in the US doesn't need promotion and relegation. Again, I have to emphasize here that if you are a parent of a youth player, it is essential to understand that how the system is governed at the pro level directly impacts what opportunities, or lack thereof, your child has or will have within this ecosystem at any level. The regulation and policies established at the highest level sets the incentives throughout the system. All that stuff you read about how youth soccer in the US is broken, all that frustration you feel within your immediate environment, all that is a consequence of how the system is governed at the highest level. It is a direct consequence of the professional level being monopolized and closed to domestic competition. This also holds for every other touch point in the ecosystem. So if you are a player, youth to pro or a coach or a club an employee within a club a vendor or any business in the american soccer space anyone really outside a specific tiny minority you are being adversely impacted in both your wallet and in your opportunities this is why it is essential we have these ongoing episodes centered on how the system in the us is a closed monopolized one where gatekeepers get to decide who the winners and losers in the marketplace are. Outside an exception here or there, who the winners and losers in the marketplace have nothing to do with merit. And the preservation of this status quo depends on the participants and consumers in the marketplace continuing to be unaware of this fact. So I repeat, if you want to be better equipped to successfully navigate the waters of American soccer and contribute, towards moving the system towards one of diversity, openness, inclusion, and merit, a system where a monopoly doesn't get to decide how far you or your child can go, it is incumbent on all of us to learn as much about the issue of promotion relegation as possible and do whatever we can to move our country in that direction. As I mentioned in this episode, it is a moral imperative, and lastly, It's important for me to express, I can appreciate the other side. I can appreciate the side of MLS, the side of the monopoly. If I had an ownership stake in the monopoly, I too would likely work to preserve my monopoly status. And I would appreciate those who would like me not to have that status. And now a quick few second mentions of what sponsors this episode. It's the best way to support this podcast, but more important greatly improve your current soccer situation. First, if you're a coach, you must check out 343coaching.com. There are both free and premium programs for you there. Second, if you're a parent of a youth player looking for how to best put them on a proper path, your solution is at 343masterclass.com. And third, if you'd consider going to a private school for academics, either in the States or in Europe that also has an integrated soccer program, you should check out acceleratorschool.com. Critically important, these solutions for coaches, for parents, for players, are offered from people who have actually done the work and have an unprecedented track record in the United States. All right, I hope you enjoy this episode. We're just scratching the surface here, folks, but it's an important starting point for us to further expand down the line.
1: Gary, in the U.S., other sports, basketball, football, hockey, they're thriving under a closed system. Why can't soccer?
0: Okay, good question. Number one, first thing that comes to mind is one that is in the headspace of people, but they don't dig enough, I think. Soccer is an international global sport slash ecosystem, unlike any other sport. If you look at gridiron football, American football, nobody in the world really plays that sport. So de facto, the United States has a monopoly on that sport. We play it exclusively. It's almost as if you and I invented some new game here, Terry. We call it the GK and TR uh, marbles or whatever. Yeah. And we just start it here, our neighborhood, it catches on, then it catches on nationally, and that's our thing. Um, well, it makes sense, closed system. It works just fine. And we'll be able to claim that we have the best marble throwers in the world. Um, hyperbole aside, since it is unique here to the States, American football, you can always claim you have the best players and teams in the world in that game, obviously. And very much the same way you can think about basketball, baseball, and even hockey, even though those sports are more global in nature than American football, but they absolutely pale in comparison to the marketplace that is soccer, globally speaking, in so many ways. But one that most people will be able to immediately relate to is you think about the World Cup and you think about all these international competitions that exist for soccer and are constantly going on between national teams. We can start there. The other sports don't have that. You know, when do you have USA versus Mexico, USA versus Argentina versus Brazil, USA versus whoever in American football does not exist. When do you see that in basketball? maybe in the Olympics every four years. And that's it. When you see it in baseball, I don't know. Do we see it in baseball, Terry? I don't think we ever see national teams play in baseball. Olympics. Okay. And hockey, probably uh, Olympics as well. So it's one event which is not considered a major, major event like the World Cup every four years. And in between those four years, you're not seeing those nation to nation battles going on. They just assemble once every four years and off you go. Soccer is different and we need to understand that. To further emphasize the point, look at what's happened with MLS over the years. At first, they wanted to emulate the other sports with the high school, to college, to draft, to becoming a rookie and barely playing until you were in your mid twenties. After attempting this for two decades, they realized that soccer doesn't work this way. So what was done? Youth academies were formed, which is what the rest of the world does. It then took them another 10 years to realize 17 and 18 year olds can play and play effectively at the pro level, especially at the low level MLS is at. Something you could easily have learned by viewing how the rest of the world operates. And listen, on this note, I'm actually giving MLS way too much credit because the reality of it is they were forced to, quote-unquote, play the kids. How, you might ask? They were forced when around 2018-19, an unprecedented exodus of young players rejected MLS contracts to go to Europe. That's a story you bet your ass I will be further detailing down the road. Because rest assured, the media, which is effectively controlled by MLS, doesn't tell you this truth. Which is why you haven't heard much about it. So now the college draft is pretty much also dead. I mean, sure that dog and pony show is still done, but it's mostly just a circus and a media opportunity. No one really believes that's where the next generation of great American talents are going to come from. So the whole player development pipeline is now totally different than the big American team sports. Why? Why? I mean, if those other sports are the pinnacle of how to do things. Why deviate from the way they do it? Why has MLS changed over to copying how the rest of the world does it? The answer is clear, guys. Soccer, both from a sporting and a business perspective, doesn't work the same way traditional American team sports do.
1: You want me to give you a stat on just to emphasize your point? Yeah. uh, According to FIFA, and I'll go to the 2018 World Cup final, France-Croatia, reached an average live audience of 517 million viewers with more than 1.1 billion people tuning in over the 90 minutes the 2020 super bowl having an average viewership of 99 million in the u.s plus an estimated 30 to 50 million viewers around the world we're talking 517 million for the world cup final versus a hundred million in the U S so staggering difference, just to give people a magnitude relationship on the difference in, in how global and how big soccer is.
0: Yeah. The the other thing to consider is what do we even mean by it works? What do we even mean by the, oh, the other sports have closed systems and it works here. What do we mean by it works? Let me try to, piece together what I had in mind here with that. Uh, Give me a second. Well, again, it touches on the fact that we're the only ones who play and we have a monopoly. So if you have a monopoly in something, you can always claim it works. Yeah, if if for whatever reason, Microsoft was granted monopoly over operating systems indefinitely, we could all technically say, well, Windows works. I mean, here it is. I can open it up. I can run it. I can open up Word, Excel, you name it, Visual Basic, Microsoft Access, it works. It does what I need it to do. So technically speaking, you are right, it works. But the problem is you're missing on what else could work or what else is better. Yes. And one of the reasons we're not stuck in the Microsoft DOS days is precisely because uh, there's open competition in the marketplace, at least with respect to what we're talking about in American team sports, because yes, there's still crony capitalism all over the place here in the states. Yes, there's there is regulatory capture all over the place, but not to the extent where you basically have carte blanche and an eternal monopoly on something. So that's another thing, Terry is like, what do people mean by it works? And because you have a monopoly, you actually. You actually have no way of knowing whether the best, um, basketball players, football players, hockey players, uh, you name it. You actually don't know if the cream really rises to the top, um, because it's closed and you have gatekeepers selecting who the coaches are going to be, and there's no accountability, whether it's a good pick, bad pick, you have Gatekeepers selecting who the players are going to be, and there's this indefiniteness to it, and no minor league player has a real great shot of going up unlike in other pro rail systems, and you don't have coaches uh, in the minor league, so to speak, who have a really great shot of proving themselves and earning their way up the ladder. again, it is gatekeeper driven, so you really truly don't know. Relative to the soccer system around the world with promotional relegation, you really don't know how much of the cream is truly rising versus is it. So, again, I come back to this question that you asked as to, hey, people will say, well, the other sports uh, are closed and it works. What do we mean by it works? At least that gives us something to go on and dig deeper.
1: Yes. Okay. Number two. In an open system, money will dominate and produce only super teams. I'm not ready, Terry. That's back up to number one.
0: Because I, again, I, again I, I, I did the cardinal sin that I want everybody to stop committing also. And that is not framing it from a moral perspective. So, okay, let's say it does work. The way, whatever definition of it works, okay, let's roll with it. Let's consider what is right versus what is wrong. Because one can say, whatever China is doing now, it's working. Look at how they've closed the gap with the United States and even passing us up on so many metrics. Well, all right, but how is it that they're doing it? Is, are there any moral questions that we should be considering? Uh, or should the United States all of a sudden adopt the system of government that China has because China is so much better in X, Y, and Z? And so the same thing applies here with our sports. When you have a closed system, a monopoly, you're not allowing for anybody or any other company or business to have the opportunity to compete and earn their way to whatever they can in the marketplace. You are essentially saying no, everything for us and nothing for you. And it gets worse than that because you have to either. Align yourself with them and their values and their ethics and their way of doing things. Otherwise, they blackball you and you're treated like a piece of garbage and your livelihood is at stake. Some misguided people might object here with some misguided notion or agenda-driven narrative that, quote, anyone can start a league thereby throwing their hat in the ring and competing with MLS. Hence, they would conclude, the system is not closed, Gary. The system is not closed, and there is no monopoly. Guys, the fact anyone can buy into this notion is a testament to the power of indoctrination. That aside, the response here is principally twofold. One, U.S. soccer, which is the governing body, has the authority to regulate in such a way to stimulate the system to moving into an open ecosystem also known as promotion and relegation however mls effectively has regulatory capture so in short u.s soccer has been reduced to being a puppet of the league so any would-be competitor league will be regulated out of business or regulated into permanent subservience to mls there have already been numerous examples of this The most recent high profile case is perhaps that of the NASL. And now it's happening before our very eyes as the USL is under attack by the formation of MLS's own lower division league. And two, the second reason, which is even more important to understand is that football is not, I repeat, football is not a competition between leagues. It is a competition between clubs. That is what needs to be open. The story is not that anyone can technically form a league. No, no, no. The story of open competition must necessarily be anyone can form a club and earn their way to whichever level they merit. Now, whether you are an executive, whether you are a coach, whether you are a player, whether you have any sort of touch point. In the American soccer ecosystem, your livelihood is under threat. If you try to go against or do not fully align with their way of doing business. And so there's a moral question here, Terry, and not just at the pro level, because this trickles down, which we can cover further on, but at the youth level as well. So we have kids who are impacted by how the system is governed. So when we say, oh, the other closed team sports, it works, you know, what can we do for soccer? No, it doesn't work from this moral uh, sort of framing.
1: I agree. It works for such a small percentage of the soccer population. The door is not open for millions of players in the U.S. alone. And it is a moral issue.
0: Okay, now we can move on to number two. (laughs) Well, that's it for today, guys. Thank you for listening. A reminder for coaches. You can get both the free and premium coaching programs at 343coaching.com. Don't let anyone tell you your teams can't win by playing dominant possession-based football while also developing individual players to the highest levels. Nonsense. We've proved it at every single level and so have hundreds of serious member coaches across the country. Now that we've moved on to the pro level, we're delivering everything we've learned in the program. Don't wait and continue delaying getting on a proven path. And parents, 343masterclass.com is where you want to go to get a working compass for navigating the American soccer landscape with your player. It's pretty bad out there, but let our experience guide you. And if you're interested in a solution that blends both academics and soccer, there's even the opportunity to do this in Europe as well. To learn more, visit acceleratorschool.com. Until next time, cheers, everyone, and keep building.